0: Cares, a podcast production of Cornerstones of Care. I'm Carol Grimaldi, Manager of Community Engagement and Advocacy for Cornerstones of Care. Cornerstones of Care's mental and behavioral health services include outpatient counseling, substance abuse treatment, 24-7 intensive residential treatment, integrated health care, and nurse case management. As a trauma-informed organization, we recognize the effects of trauma and seek to provide the right intervention at the right time to help our clients heal. Learn more at cornerstonesofcare.org. In fiscal year 2019, over 4,000 children were removed from their homes by the state of Kansas because of abuse or neglect. In the three-county Kansas City region of Wyandotte, Atchison, and Leavenworth counties, over 1,600 children were in out-of-home placements. Cornerstones of Care provided foster care case management services to over 1,500 children in Kansas and Missouri last year, including to more than 1,100 in the Kansas City, Kansas region. The work of foster care case management is done by social workers. When Cornerstones of Care began providing foster care case management services in Kansas in October 2019, we expanded our staff considerably. Michaela Gay is among our new social workers on our staff, and she has an interesting perspective into this work. We're pleased to welcome her to the Cornerstones Cares. Hi, Michaela.
1: Hi, Carol. Hey, Michaela. How long have you been working for Cornerstones of Care? I have been working for Cornerstones of Care for about a year now. I got hired in August 2019, and so it's about a month and then it's my year birthday with the company. Well, congratulations. So, tell us a little bit about your background and what made you interested in
0: social work in the first place.
1: Well, Carol, I'll keep this short for you just because um, if you heard my whole life story, we'd be here for an hour. Well, maybe I'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what got me interested in this work is actually I've been adopted twice. And so I was in the foster care system myself for four years uh, from 13 to 17. So um, it hit me about my senior year of high school. Where everyone's asking you, what career are you going to go with? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe nursing, maybe a lawyer. And I just always came up with a helping profession. And then it finally hit me. Mm, I think it was April of my senior year of college. Um, I was like, oh, duh, social work. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, that makes so much sense. I was like, I have this perspective. I don't need to keep running from it. Um, I can really help these kids. And so I went into my freshman year of college wanting to be a social worker and came out senior year with my BSW.
0: Adopted twice. Mm-hmm. That's unusual.
1: Very much so. Um, so uh, I was taken away from my birth parents when I was three and lived with a, an adoptive home for 10 years with my two biological siblings. And during those 10 years, there was a lot of physical abuse, emotional abuse. I think those parents had experienced that in their own stories. And so just being able to be an adult now and look back on that, I can kind of see why they did what they did. And so then when my sister and I finally decided to speak out, we got put into foster care. And then I was adopted again at 17. And I met that family when I was 16. So really I was in care for three years because that last year I lived with my foster family who um, we were going through the process of adoption. Wow. That's a story. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um... As a case management reintegration specialist in foster care, what do you do?
1: I do a lot of things. <laughs> so um, kind of the main goals of my work is to sup- uh, provide support and uh, resources for my families. And so kind of the goal is to work with families uh, so I can help reintegrate their children who have been removed from their home back into their biological families. And so ways that I do that is um, give resources for domestic violence, course, if a parent has been through that sort of a relationship, or provide resources for mental health assessments and get them into therapy, um, provide... UAs where kind of help give them that accountability if there's some drug use in the home, if they're really wanting to quit, giving that accountability and uh, treatment resources to them as well because a lot of these parents, they're not just going to go seek it out for themselves. They need someone there besides them supporting them um, so they can get their children back.
0: So from from that perspective of working more with the, the parents as opposed to the children, which is something I'm much more familiar with from the work that we've been doing in Missouri, um, then how receptive are parents to working with a social worker?
1: It just really depends uh, on the case honestly. So with some of the parents, um, you have some parents that are very receptive where um, I have some dads on my cases actually right now. Everyone always talks about the moms and kind of forgets about the dads. Um, I have some dads on my cases right now that have done absolutely everything that they've needed to do to get their children back and I have been able to reintegrate their children back with them because mom and dad have separated and they're um, basically going to now figure out what co-parenting is like because custody was with dad, but we still want to maintain that connection with mom. The point of this work isn't to say, you're a bad parent, so you don't deserve your kids. I think that's the wrong perspective. The perspective is saying, we want to provide permanency for these kids so they can thrive and thrive um, and live successful lives, but still maintain the connections that they need with their biological families, because that's ultimately who's going to help support them best. So your
0: responsibilities do include making decisions and recommendations to ensure the safety in the welfare of children, and that's a lot of accountability, personally and professionally. How do you manage that?
1: It is a lot to manage. Um, I think sometimes what happens is uh, I'm also for the youth and for their safety and for the protection, and so um, with some of the older youth, it's it's actually really refreshing to be able to have some real conversations with them and ask them what they want out of their cases, and so those conversations help and obviously that's not all of my cases because i also have cases with younger children who can't necessarily speak for themselves um but it's also i have support from a supervisor and um my team so cornerstones of care uh we have everyone who's a part of this work in the reintegration team which is i don't want to get my numbers wrong but it's somewhere around 70 people for the reintegration team um and it's sh- we're all split into smaller teams of six and so it's also asking for support from from that smaller team uh that we each have been divided into and saying hey i got double booked here uh, i need to go to a court hearing here and uh, this parent is needing this whatever right now and so it's texting our um partners and saying hey can you help me and also with accountability it's um you receive accountability from also our directors. They are very personable and approachable and they give us support as well. I can walk into any of their offices and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this case. Um, And these are the things that I think I've done really well with it. And these are um, the places where I feel like I'm really struggling. And they will sit there with you. And if they, sometimes they have to go to a meeting or something, they'll say, hey, come back to me at this time of day and we'll go through it. They'll like storyboard with you where it's, Um, We're getting out on the whiteboard, and they're just writing down everything from their experiences because they've been doing this work a long time. And um, also understanding that I cannot do this work alone. Mm -hmm. I cannot do this alone, and there are people who have more experience than me that I can pull from in order to better help my families. So. Uh, kind of the last question there personally is a lot of Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-care. So it's something as simple as going and getting my nails done um, to practicing a two-minute meditation while I'm in my office just because I need a quick break from my work. So, Michaela, uh,
0: what do you really like about your work, though?
1: What do I really like? Hmm, That's a really great question because you hear a lot of sad stories coming out of this work and a lot of negativity and how much or how many things are wrong with the system and needs to be reformed And I don't disagree with those things but we also can't ignore what's going well right now either um so I think some things that are going well is um Cornerstones has put an emphasis on placing kids with family so not just placing them in foster homes but really um putting families first and um something that's really good about my job is when I see these grandparents that are able to take care of these children and I get to have some really real conversations with them about their children and kind of how we can best support these families. And so, I mean, it's just having like real conversations with people is something that I really love about my work. Um, and also just the community that is here at Cornerstones of Care. I feel very supported with, um, Everyone who works here, I know I can go to anyone and ask them just for a minute of their time and they're going to give it to me. And we
0: are recording this in a very unusual time in everybody's Mm -hmm. work life. We're working from home. We don't see our coworkers every day either. And and you're saying you feel that support from people you don't see every day Mm -hmm. um, regardless
1: Yeah, it's we are having. Well, we switched our daily Skype meetings to every other day now just to open up some of our time to work on some of our cases. But we have daily Skype meetings with our smaller teams of six, or at least that's what we do for ours. And we have um, a group message with um, all of our work phone numbers that. We text them daily and just kind of give check-ins and say, how's everyone doing today? Mm -hmm. And when Cornerstones uh, talks about the sanctuary model, they're not just talking. They, as an organization, us as an organization, embody it. Genuinely, uh, in these text conversations, we might not go through the whole sanctuary model of um, what we believe in, but we will give an emotional check-in and just say, how are you doing?
0: And just for a point of clarification, the sanctuary model is a model of trauma-informed care that every employee of Cornerstones of Care absolutely must be trained in every employee. And it is not only how we work with our clients, it is how we work with each other. Um, And I I think it it really, it's something that differentiates Cornerstones of Care from other agencies uh social service and human services agencies and and that's something i've been very proud of in the time i've been with cornerstones do you have a story that really conveys the nature of your work and its impact on children and families
1: i do um so i've been i've been thinking about this for a couple days now because i was like oh which one am i going to share just because i feel like there's a couple that can really embody um successes and negative sides that we have of cornerstones um but one in particular is um so like I was saying earlier we kind of forget about the dad sometimes in this work and um so I have this dad he lives four and a half hours away (laughs) yes we've heard about (laughs) these (laughs) parents and um You know, I just got to have some real conversations with him. And I was like, hey, you haven't been involved in these kids' lives for, like, the past six years. Now you're just popping up on my radar and saying you want them. What happened? (laughs) And uh, he was just real with me. He's like, I was going through some stuff. And told me everything that he went through. And he goes, now I'm in a much better place to actually take care of my children. And so um, it's been really cool because uh, just—and this isn't every story, but just seeing his humility— we have now placed his children back with him. And um, now we're providing aftercare services to the children, which all that is is just following the case about six months after we place children into a home just to give any additional resources or support that the biological parent might need just to give them the most success that they possibly can have. Um, And he's real with me. He's like, hey, can you help me with my food stamps application? Can you help me... um, with uh what was one of the other things that he needed help with oh um filling out so a universal packet is um just a therapy referral um for Mm -hmm. services that he needed to where he lives down where he lives so the children could be in services near him instead of trying to virtually create services from kansas city all the way down to where he lives and um that is what this work is about, is saying, you know, they're, we're not expecting perfection. We're not expecting these parents to have it all together overnight. But we are saying that if they can provide and the children are safe and um, the children will maintain a home, we want them there.
0: Where do you think you're going to be in about five or ten years?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, it's, it's funny that you ask that just because, of course, I have goals, but I also don't want to come off overzealous because I do want to continue to work on the, the in this front line of work um, to gain the experience that I need to kind of have, hopefully, hopefully, a well-rounded perspective when it comes to being a foster youth myself as a teenager, working the front line work as a case manager, and then... Um, here come in five years, I genuinely would really love to be public speaking about this and um, talking about the downfalls of foster care and how there does need to be reform in Kansas. Um, But I think collaboratively, if different backgrounds, different organizations can come together with their expertises and say, this is where I've seen how this works, this is how I've seen how this works, and even taking other states and seeing how they're doing their foster care case management and apply that to Kansas, I think we could see some real substantial change. Um, I also, one of these days, would really love to write a book about my story and my experiences, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert or anything like that, but I am an expert of my own story. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I just really would love to share that uh, with whoever I can, just to also let these kids know that there is hope for them. Well, thank
0: you for sharing that part of you with us, Michaela. We've been talking with Michaela Gay, a foster care case management and reintegration specialist for Cornerstones of Care, about her life, her career, and her work. You've been listening to Cornerstones Cares. I'm Carol Grimaldi.